This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Are you telling me because the ass was bouncing I'm getting a smell of anus? My name is Keen, and welcome along to Pod. I am riding solo this week. James is off in Portugal having a whale of a time on his holidays. So I am holding the fort this week to cover RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14 Episode 13. The roast is here. It's been a cooking. And joining me to get through this episode is YouTuber Jack Pedro, who does some really great YouTube videos and TikToks about Drag Race. If you are looking for a point to jump in, they did a great uh, YouTube video on season 12 and what the season might have looked like if uh, the controversy around Sherry Pie hadn't kicked off. And it, it sort of really made me think about how the producers are constructing these narratives behind the scene and how things might have changed but there's those great videos there's one ranking the roasts across the drag race season so if you love this podcast and you love youtube videos of drag race his channel if you haven't heard of it already is a great treasure trove to explore before we get into the main part of the episode though just want to remind you we're on the headstuff podcast network and we're joined by loads of other glorious podcasts just like this one The Late Night Nod features original music and improvised interviews with guests from a fictitious world of arts and culture. Each episode weaves a conversational thread through tales of inspiration, excess and heartache with some of the creative world's best-known personalities that you've never heard of. Join some of Ireland's most talented actors and comedians as they step into the world of The Late Night Nod. On this week's episode of The Workroom, we are covering Drag Race España. We are delighted to have it back. I question whether RuPaul and Supreme Deluxe, the host, have ever had a conversation. How did they cast Supreme? And whether when, when Supreme got cast, did they sort of have one final interview with Ru and Fenton Bailey and, and like the high heads and where it presents just to, you know, see if Supreme cut the mustard? And James spots some overt fat phobia and is not impressed. I mean, I was very surprised that they picked it to win. And then I was like even more surprised that Estrella went on to sort of celebrate it as some kind of a great victory for the representation of bigger people on television. Because it was like, oh, like the big girl went out and won in the photo shoot. It's like, well, no, the big girl went out and like comedically portrayed what sort of people have a, a sort of a fat phobic view of what you know what fat people are it's like oh how how hilarious that this like big fat person has saggy boobs how hilarious that like sexy men will look disgusted while being forced to touch this big sort of fat body so to hear all that and more including james's anecdote about when he met kennedy davenport and she read him to filth head over to headsofpodcast.com sign up and you can get all our episodes of the workroom past present and future i'll see you there Jack Fed, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss the roast of Ross Matthews. First of all, how have you enjoyed season 14 so far? I've really enjoyed it. I think that, again, it can be kind of hit or miss. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that. Um, but for the most part, I think because the season is so long, I've really, really uh, gotten to enjoy all the queens. And so the episodes that have come out pretty recently, regardless of like, the quality of the challenge or like the performers in them i just like enjoy them for the personalities of the queen so i think it's a slow burn of a season obviously but overall i think it's a pretty great season yeah like i think it's definitely picked up towards the end i did find it a bit of a slog there mid-season and i think maybe it didn't help that it was on the same time as uk versus the world right which at times i found really you know like engaging um, but I think last week was brilliant. I thought this was actually quite a good roast, some really good performances in it. So overall, like I think we were doing not too badly towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, I don't want to get into it too fast, but the choice that was made at the end of this episode to kind of speed up to the end, I think it was the, the right choice to be made <laughs> to get us to where we are now. In terms of the chocolate bar you know we start this episode coming off the 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 reveal of the chocolate bar last week 
now that we finished it, do you think it was worth it? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think just because I, I like the idea of it because now we get like a double Shantae every season. So what was once like a novelty, something that was super cool, like a big trendy moment, like it happens every season now. So it's like now you're just like expecting like one and you're like, OK, where is it going to be? So this was like trying to switch up that format and also kind of stretch out the episode length that VH1 most likely asked them for uh, in a pretty unique way. But I just think that the buildup was, I don't, you know, someone commented on one of my um, videos saying that Jasmine was the only person eliminated in March, like the whole month of March, Jasmine was the only one that was eliminated. And I think that the placement overall makes sense for the bar. And obviously I don't, uh, like giving it to Bosco just kind of makes sense, but it's just after coming off of so many non-elimination episodes in a row, uh, it kind of sours the the twist. I, I don't yeah, think it it's a bad it takes the sting twist. out of the tail, right? Because it's like, oh, well, we know there's going to be double shantay. It's going to be around the chocolate bar. Cool. At least we can look forward to that. But then it's like, well, there's one episode where no one's in the bottom. And then there's another episode where there's a double shantay. And then there's another episode where it's a lip sync arusa. So by yeah. the time it's it, it actually be it becomes the, the most underwhelming stay of them all almost. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It's just like it just got underwhelming because we were, were already so trained to see queens not go home so just having a one not go home in a slightly altered way isn't that exciting yeah and also and maybe it's just because maybe you and i look at this from a producer's point of view i knew exactly what was happening before the bar was even in her hand yeah i think they were trying to make a good tv and i think that giving it to bosco or uh, we could say Bosco picking it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's up to fate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was definitely one of the best queens they could have chosen. But making an already kind of, I, I don't know. I think they were fighting an uphill battle with the twist already after all the choices made midseason. So I, I think regardless of whoever got it, it wasn't going to be that spectacular. Yeah. And even in terms of like, I don't know if you saw Untucked, but Georges mentions that she lip synced five times this season. Oh my God. But I didn't think it was that many. she only sent one person home. <laughs> oh my, I didn't even realize <laughs> so like, yeah, that. I have it here. She be, she kicked out Orion story uh, in episode five. Then she had her double Shantae with Jasmine in episode nine. She's part of that three-way lip sync in episode 11. She kicks out Bosco who ultimately stays in episode 12 and then she lip syncs this week and gets sent home that's crazy I know because <laughs> for me I don't know what your definition of a lip sync assassin and I think if you go by the drag race wiki they just say it's someone who's won two lip syncs in a season but for right. me personally I think you have to send at least three people home to be an assassin I think I have like a different definition I think okay. if you're um I, I definitely agree with that, where it's like if you send a certain amount of people home, you can be considered one. But someone like Dita Ritz uh, back in season four, mm. uh, like only lip synced a couple times, I think once or twice. But like this will be is one of the best lip syncs of all time. And it's like she she's an assassin because that performance is just so amazing. True. So like yeah. if they're like an amazing performer and even someone like uh, Deja, I, I know people were like, is she a lip sync assassin? I think she is. I think Fallen is one of the best lip syncs of the season. Mm. Um, but if we're going strictly off of like, who would they invite back uh, for like an all-stars lip sync assassin? Probably someone who sent multiple people home. I think that's the yeah. best way to go about it. Yeah, because for me, it's like, it's an assassin. You need to be taking people out <laughs> with your right. lip sync skills for it to count rather than just like, yeah. I, like a double Shantae to me doesn't really count towards the tally if, in, in my opinion. Yeah. In the mini challenge, this was a bit of a strange mini challenge, really. Like, I enjoyed it. Ultimately, it was a bit of fun. We got Norvina, the robot lady from <laughs> Anastasia Beverly or Hills Cosmetics. They had to paint RuPaul's face and sure why not Dolly Parton's face. And Ru, the, the best bit about it was seeing Ru's face looking at that nose that they drew <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought... um it seemed like they took a decent amount of time on it too because mm. uh, they had that whole time lapse going. So I was thinking about while watching it, I'm like, I wonder if this is like a good stress reliever for the Queens, just kind of being able to like be here for like a couple hours, just painting and like not really, you know, having to stress about the competition. Mm. Yeah, I'd say so. Because that big, 
the big makeup palette that was actually like quite deep filled with paint. I was like, oh, that feels like a cool novel thing to do. And yeah, it was kind of just like, you know, mindful coloring really for its yeah. like two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I uh, definitely not a challenge that I expected them to do, but I'm it was a pretty smart uh, branding thing, too. Yeah. And then it was like, well, OK, you've won. 1500 year worth of cosmetics and then it was straight back into the workroom and they were like you're doing a roast like it was over so yeah. quickly <laughs> i know it, it was kind of like you could throw it in any episode but <laughs> true i yeah. uh it was still entertaining so i can't complain about it so because team dolly win dia camden bosco and willow get to decide the running order the controversial running order this ultimately i guess goes off without a hitch um would there be any changes to the running order you would have made um well i think everyone got the a spot that they wanted to get i'm pretty sure um i think that i mean again willow this whole season has shown so much strategy without like coming out and saying her strategy so i probably would have read that georges would have been the weakest as well and so going after georges was extremely smart um other than that i think the the running order was pretty good uh i think any queen could have uh, shown and had a really good uh, set if they just kind of took the time and were placed right. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Also, I I get that running order is important, but I kind of don't know how important it is when it's basically an empty room. Like, it kind of feels like That's maybe true. first and last is important, but, like, you're not really feeding off the energy of the crowd when there is no crowd. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because, you know, someone could really kill... I know, um, I think it was back in, I want to say season nine, They that was a common critique where someone would do really bad. It was like, it was pheromone and then peppermint came back in and the audience energy was dead and then peppermint completely brought it back. And that's like one of the biggest uh, uh, like positives that she got that episode. And I think, yeah, the way you like feed off of uh, an audience's energy can really uh, add to your performance. But when there is no audience, it can just kind of, I don't know. It doesn't make that great of a product, um, especially if you're doing bad. I actually think out of all of the empty room roasts we've had over the last two and a half years, I actually think this is the one that the judges is the best at filling. Or maybe it's just because yeah. I'm used to them being empty roomed now. But I actually kind of didn't notice too much that there was no crowd. I think they were, uh, I don't know, something about season 13s. Um, they were great jokes, but they like, almost played into the fact that there was no audience. Mm. And so like a, a queen on this one, even like Georges not doing super well, it didn't feel as awkward as someone like Utica or Simone oh God, yeah. because it was, I feel like they were cutting it a little quicker. So there wasn't as much awkward silence. Yeah. And um, also, yeah, I think the judges were like uh, just a lot more uh, open this time around and having a, a better time. And also I know Deja said in the workroom, that she's going to be laughing at every single joke. And I think that's also what helped because I think Deja did laugh at I think she laughed every at joke. every single joke. Yeah, I, I love that. I love how supportive Deja is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the sort of friend you need in your, in your corner. Exactly. Did you, when you were talking about Willow there, did you get Willow's joke? Uh, she didn't say it in the, in the set, but she she's like workshopping it in the workroom. And it's something about Ross Matthews' ass is so loose that he needs to somebody him and somebody else need to run opposite sides of a couch oh. and run backwards or something like that i was like what the hell is going it on? made no sense i don't i really did not understand that at all it was very strange <laughs> i willow sometimes is too much of a thinker mm. and um i think all the she she cut down her jokes uh to the point where it was uh the, she got like the really good ones there but sometimes they were just a little too wordy yeah and almost too high concept sometimes i think yeah too. yeah do you know who dulce sloan is um not really yeah i was unfamiliar with her as well but i liked her she yeah. came across very well yeah she was a good guest judge right let, let's get into the actual roast um first up was bosco and i'm actually other than maybe like bianca del rio I'm I'm struggling to think of who did better than Bosco across the whole franchise. It was so good. The way she set herself up these like patterns of jokes, like I've been told to leave some more times and blah, blah, blah. 
uh, I'll show versatility when this. When people say you're verse, you're verse, it means this. I just thought she absolutely smashed out of the park. Yeah, I thought so too. I think she definitely deserved that win. I think um, she had the most consistent jokes. I I would say she. I don't know if she's one of my favorites of all time, but I can definitely see why people think that. I think the structure of her jokes that's what really um, knocked it out of the park because if she had one funny joke from like you know like it was like the rule of three basically um and then like all of her jokes kept landing um with that so it kind of just built on itself um i'm trying to think of what my favorite joke was i don't know just the the deadpan delivery overall um i know that michelle was kind of critiquing that but i think that was her biggest strength uh for something like this especially coming out of last week yeah when she said to Rue, oh, Rue, when you say you're reverse, you're half hunter slash gatherer. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> that was so good. Or when she ended it on, Ross, you're not a top, you're a blouse. I just thought, there you go. That's a slam dunk. <laughs> Those were really good. Those were the hunter gatherer one that like playing on a concept that's been done to death. RuPaul being old. old and still like coming up with something new for it. So good. Yeah. And I think that's. I, I was thinking about that watching this episode, like coming into it. It's it's more of a challenge now than it was in the beginning because you can't repeat any joke anyone else has said. Right, and and right. you have all it's kinda I guess similar with the reading challenge, which is like, well, how do I call somebody fat in a new way or old or has had a lot of work? Like it's yeah you the it's kind of the more it goes on the more legacy of jokes you can't say anymore, you know, because they've yeah. been done. Because um, I think there was th- there were two jokes in here that I thought were repeated from past uh, from past episodes. Mm. I know there was the Michelle or like Michelle is beautiful. And then uh, Visage is just kidding. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was repeated from another episode or some other. Uh, okay. Something. I know and Michelle then the, suggested uh, a joke, which was like, he's so gay. Even his fart has a lisp. I'm definitely sure someone yeah. said that before. I think. God, it's kind of scary that I know this. I'm pretty sure Bianca said that about uh, uh, Jocelyn, or I might be wrong. Oh, now. yeah, okay. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. That could work. Something like that, or I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, there were a couple jokes that were re- repeated, but uh, I think it is because we're on like roast number 10, 9 or 10 now. Um, or no, no, 9. We're on roast number 9, and so it, it's tough to get jokes that um, haven't been said before, and I think that that's not a super valid critique now i know people back in all-stars five they were getting on blair st Clair for like kind of doing some jokes that people have already done and it's like yeah but i it's it's tough when maybe you haven't watched all of the show or yeah it's i think roasts now are harder uh than roasts in the past but nothing will ever be Kim Chi's. It'll be a great season. That's, you know. So good. Oh, <laughs> my God. And she was right. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's extra good in hindsight. George's was up next. And yeah, you're right, you kind of mentioned early on. It was a really sort of tight shot on her. In, in And I think that kind of helped her because she kind of kind of she didn't seem too bothered, I guess, towards the end she did by the fact that she was bombing. So she kind of gave us this sort of weird hair flick energy and then yeah. changes card and then back into the, you know, the performance. And like it wasn't too funny, but it was kind of entertaining in a weird way. Yeah, I think something about this season, aside from Snatch Game, um, it's like they they don't want to completely destroy the girls in the edit mm. so they i feel like they convey just enough that oh it's awkward like the the timing isn't great like the pacing of george's jokes are is not great but not enough to the point where it's like you're she's completely bombing and she'll never recover from this it's like it's reason to put her in the bottom but it's not reason for her to never do drag again if that makes sense um and i i even think that george's had some funny jokes or some funny ideas and obviously RuPaul was like dying at every single joke it, it seemed like I don't know Ru just has a, a love for Georges um that I I understand to a certain extent but I don't think I could ever fully understand um and I think it was probably my least favorite of the night yeah her performance but not it, I, I don't think it was as bad as like a pheromone or an Alexis Michelle oh, you know what I think it was better than Deja you think so? Yeah. Do you want to jump to Deja like now? Like, yeah, for yeah, me, we can. Like, yes, 
she had the fun exit line and there was one other joke I think that was funny. But yeah. I think she didn't deal with the bombing as well as Georgia Stitch because you could kind of just see like an eek expression on her face and then an awkward laugh. Maybe it's because That's true. she wasn't in the audience laughing at her own, la- laughing at the joke. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I think, and no, because again, in the workroom, she was like, "You, I- I'm going to be out laughing at every single one of your jokes. You better be laughing at mine too. And people really weren't. I actually, I think I do agree. I think uh, Deja's was my least favorite just because <laughs> she had notes. She had like the notes from Michelle and then didn't take them. Uh, and then just went up there and kind of did the exact jokes and didn't do that great. Um, and I think that she took the bombing harder because Georgia's kind of at this point was over it, has been in the bottom four times. This was going to be her fifth, I think. And uh, Deja was on the incline and kind of could have made it to the end if uh, she had like a good performance here. So by the end, I think she was just kind of defeated. And the thing is, like, Deja showed us at the DragCon panel that she does have the personality and she can, you know, deliver a joke. Right. So she should have, like, in her head, that's probably how she should have approached it. And I know she was bouncing off other people at that. But I, going into this, I would have thought Deja had more of a chance of doing better than George's. Right. I was expecting Deja to do really well. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I was just... It sucks because I, I Deja's one of my favorites, so I was I was just kind of disappointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that ending joke was that really that's one of my favorite jokes of the night. Yes, I mean I've seen that done before at award ceremonies and stuff, but like mm-hmm. it's always fun. Yeah. Um, Willow was next. She was good overall. I'd say middle of the pack. Um, but I think because you get to see where she starts and where she ends up, I think you're you're rooting for her because you know how bad it could have gone. Yeah, I I thought it was great. Again, kind of an overthinker, a little wordy. I feel like if I were to do a roast, that's where I would end up okay. kind of like having to cut down the words. Mm. But um, I don't know. I, her her roast, like you can really see her personality come through. And that's what I commend the most. I really, really like Widow. Uh, not Widow, Willow, my bad. Um, <laughs> Maybe you like Widow Vondu as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think definitely middle of the pack. I uh, honestly, maybe safe. I, I would have probably put her safe in Camden High, but they they were kind of opposite with that. Oh, I read it as Camden was high, Willow was high, but Angie was safe. Oh, okay, maybe. I'm not too sure. I was looking at the wiki, and that's what they had okay. it as, but I don't know. The wiki's not always accurate. Yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of how I read it, because Willow got, uh, told you're safe, and then Angie did, so I think that was like the end of the three highs, but I don't know. Got it, yeah. Um, yeah, no, look, I thought she was good, but watching her in Untucked made me kind of want her to have done the stand-up as her runway character in this sort of like Jennifer Coolidge, big-lipped mm-hmm. character. I think you could say anything with that, and it would have been just naturally more funny. Um, right. But yeah, no, as good as, as as I was hoping for. So can't complain. Uh, Angie was up next. She, I think what they said about her was incredibly true. She delivered every joke as if it was an absolute stomper. And I think yeah. it kind of worked her, the part. Like even when she was talking about Dolce being a knockoff Lizzo and she was like, how are you feeling? Okay as hell. Like she just delivered that with such umph that you were like, when you're teetering on the precipice of, is that a good joke? Because she gives it such umph, you're like, okay, it's good. It's getting a laugh from me. Yeah, I think that Angie just has so much personality and confidence is the key when you're telling jokes. Um, that was like my biggest problem with the roast on uh, Canada 2. A mm. lot of the girls felt like they were going in not super confident. I think uh, Angie and Isis, have you seen yeah. Canada 2? yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, Angie and Isis, uh, they kind of have a similar thing where I don't think Isis's jokes were like complete, like slam dunks. Yeah. But because she delivered it like the way she did, it was hilarious. Um, and someone like uh, Gia Metric from that same season, uh, I know she was in the bottom. I'm but, trying to remember uh, who she, did well in that episode. I just think I remember she, everyone. Just bombing. Kendall and Isis. Kendall and Isis and that's it. And I think I remember not not thinking Kendall was that good. <laughs> I, they, I think they just wanted to give Kendall one. I think Isis was the best and could have won if her time was better. I, sorry, yes. we're getting off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Um, just co- confidence is the key to telling jokes. And I think that even if you are bombing, if you 
continue to tell the jokes with the, that same confidence, you can really like bring an audience in. And that's what Angie did. I, um, the jokes were good uh, from the start, but I think if she kept up that confidence, even if the jokes weren't, I, she could have probably like still been safe and uh, had a good performance. Yeah, no, I think so too. And angiri has been in this weird space sort of post the second half of the competition where she's kind of just falling safe. And it's kind of like she had such a good momentum. And like, I'm worried now she's going to go home next week based on kind of what the show has been showing us. It's weird. It's really weird because I think since it's, I want to say Daytona wins Mm. where we kind of first started to see her panic a little bit. And then she just ended up as safe because everyone was high that week. After that, like, I know she was high a couple times after but it just felt like she got such an under edit yeah. for the rest of the season, which is weird because she started out with two wins in a row mm. um, and was like consistently high. And I still really like her, but I feel like they kind of like turned on her a little bit for no good reason. Yeah. Um, so I, especially the, the Lala Perusa, uh, it felt like we got, a good amount of everyone except Angie. I feel mm. like Angie was the only one that didn't have anything to like really do or say that episode, which is weird. And even in terms of her talking heads, I feel like they're becoming less frequent. Like it's yeah. kind of getting to the point that I'm sort of forgetting about her when I'm naming people and I and I really like her and I definitely wanted her to win at certain certain points. And I guess she's just sort of dipping now. So yeah, I, I, it's it's concerning based on knowing what the edits look like for angie at this point right um, yeah now diabetti was up next in the roast and this was i always remember in high school being told you know when you have to write an essay or a story you have to show not tell i felt mm-hmm. the audio the producers didn't show didn't told us and didn't show us that Daya deserved to be in the bottom yeah there was like a lot of patter but i actually think what she said was kind of funny she just didn't took a bit longer to get to the joke so it, it kind of felt a bit jarring then when i heard she was up for elimination and then when i found out two people were going home i was like oh yeah okay this is how they managed to, to, yeah. to sell it to us yeah i think i don't well yeah i, I think that it would have been weird if they did like put two people up and then immediately send them home so having the bottom three yeah it makes sense so i they definitely needed to justify a third person being there mm-hmm. i don't think dia was bad bad but um something i learned being in theater it's like even if you know the people um like if you're auditioning never tell them you're nervous yeah and so when she immediately goes up there and says oh i'm nervous and then saying like she said oh i'm i'm so scared to roast you rupaul like that is the probably worst thing you could say. Mm. But again, it's like th- that rule is more for typically is for an audience. And again, they're not, a, they're, she doesn't have an audience. So it's kind of like she, I think there is a, there is a world where she could have got away with that, but because they needed somebody in the bottom three, they were like, right, we're hanging that nail, hanging you to that mistake and you're done for. Yeah. It. Yeah, for sure. Because I didn't think it, it was that bad, but it was weird. She actually came across better in the segment with Michelle and Dolce than she did on the actual final bit, whereas everyone else came across better in the final roast. That's true. I, I think uh, it's kind of like a case with Rosé. Uh, mm. I remember Rosé was like killing it with, uh, I forgot who it was. Lonnie Love, uh, Lonnie Love, yeah. She was killing it in the uh, practice and then she got up there and it wasn't as great. And I think it, again, it came down to the wordiness of it. Mm. Um, but again, I think that Daya, I want to say Daya had the least jokes shown. Like they, True. what you were saying, they were like really sending home the point that, oh, she was taking so long to set them up. But I feel like obviously she still had more jokes and they cut them. Yeah. Like it was like three jokes and the Willow was like, not only is it not funny, it's wasting my time. And then it was yeah. her introducing Deja. Yeah, it just felt like the shortest performance and it was only served as like a justification to put her in the bottom. And I kind of feel Daya's got a lot of that this season. Like I know she went home the first episode she was there, <laughs> but I kind of feel they constantly tell us between her fight with Jasmine and it's like, I feel they constantly tell us this is why you shouldn't like her rather than letting her performance speak for itself. It's like, it's weird because yeah, people see it on the surface and they're like, oh, I don't like her. And then you see her do things like last week, with willow uh 
when they were uh, having to pick between mm. Bosco and Camden, being like, well, I picked Bosco, so uh, I guess you have the deciding vote. Like, that is such good TV. Yeah. Uh, so like you, you kind of have to dig slightly below the surface to like, understand, like, this is all for show. Daya is not like this whatsoever. Mm. She's just doing this because I think, uh, similar situation with candy and season 13, where it's like, they have the storyline to be set, uh, set up to go home early. Like candy and Elliot were talking and Elliot was like, Oh, don't all the Aja girls go home early. And then Daya obviously went home early. So then they both were like, hey, producers, look, I can I can kind of stir the pot. I can be the drama. Keep me around. And that's basically what I'm getting out of Daya. I don't think Daya's personality is like this at all in real life. I think she's just doing it for the camera and she's doing a really good job at it. Yeah. But I also think, you know, other than maybe a few too many buzz cuts on the runway, I think like we're getting a very good fully formed drag queen too. And that's kind of being True. overlooked in the edit i think sometimes as well yeah i think her her style is amazing i really really like her style that's a great in this runway um but we'll get to yeah. that later camden was the final person to do the roast uh, i kind of thought she'd be slightly better than she was i guess i was kind of expecting more british humor coming through mm-hmm. um with that but i didn't think that asshole joke was as bad as everyone else said it did. me like, too like me too you know she she attacked it she gave us the rule of three i thought they were funny enough like the crowd just didn't go for it yeah i they were really like weighing in and like trying to tell us that joke was the killer that's why you're not winning this week and maybe but i don't think it was as bad as they were saying i thought it was a a decent like a joke that wouldn't make the highlight reel but it got them to laugh and every other joke she told again with the confidence thing she was so confident um the knock knock joke that she said that was also one of my favorites of the night um what was the punchline to that again (laughs) uh it's like knock knock who's there i don't know but michelle's a whore yeah (laughs) so like so stupid that is funny. And I think that sets the tone for, okay, this person's a bit wacky and that's fun. I yeah. think like that's a great way to set up her set because, you know, that, that bump hole joke is a bit wacky and it's a bit absurdist, but like, you know, it worked for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think her, um, the way she placed her jokes, like the order she put them in, mm. that was probably the smartest part of it. Yeah, definitely. No, I thought she, she did very well. Um, I, was, yeah. I was rooting for her at this point. Onto the runway, too, too much was the category. I think I only saw maybe two or three tutus, I think. The first up was Bosco. She definitely gave us a tutu with her buzzsaw ballerina. I thought this was a great change from what we've been seeing the last few weeks. Of course, that's just unfortunate that <laughs> the way the runways fell, it happened to be all similar looks. Um, I think there could have been possibly a higher level of finish, but I think it was a great concept and it was well executed. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, top half was great. Then kind of getting below it, it was like kind of basic oh, or not basic there just could have been more done mm. with it um but i mean the concept alone is really really cool yeah um yeah and I, it was a really good change from uh what we've been seeing and i'm glad that they pointed it out but again like she can't control how the runways fall sure um i guess um, i mean she probably could have chosen what she wore in the lip sync arusa but maybe she doesn't have anything else to true in, but alas. yeah um georgia's Gave us that sort of leather jacket and light blue tulle. Very early 80s Madonna, as Michelle pointed out. Like, it works for her, but it she's very rarely pushed the boat outside of the George's house. Yeah, it always seemed... I know George's is, like, a small person already, mm-hmm. but I never really feel like she goes, like, bigger silhouettes, bigger volume. Like this was the closest thing in a while that we've seen to like bigger volume, and it was just a tutu. Yeah. Um. I I I want to see her go like extremely extravagant. Um, but it always just feels like she's she makes herself uh small mm. in the way. But it's also like I feel like she's just so used to performer outfits that True. she probably uh that's what she that's her go to for these runways. Do you find yourself because when when James is here. I find he normally likes prefers fashion, whereas I prefer concept. Do you know which you prefer normally on the on the runway? Concept for sure. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I love concept because I don't think I'm that uh, fashionable of a person. I don't think I have great taste, but if someone can sell me on a concept, I can overlook a lot of the like little nitpicky things. Like I know fashion photo review, they always talk about the shoes mm. and how it's like a bad shoe. I never, I, look I, at I the never shoes. noticed that. I'm first. the same. I I'm never not look, too yeah. fashionable myself. Never look at the shoe. I'm just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Oh, yeah. that's a character. I can see the character. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Willow is next. And speaking of character, the best yeah, character speaking on character. the runway, our sort of frozen faced lady. Um, to be honest, I didn't massively see the tutu. Yeah, there was a sort of bit of tool and there was a train, but to be honest, I didn't care. It was great. Yeah, I, I loved it. I um did she have the where did she have the pink accent? Did she have them on the gloves and then the tights? I can't remember. And then yeah, there was it was not some on, on the cheekbones as well, slightly. But yeah, oh, okay. there was. Uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was the leggings. I think it was the gloves. There was every pink gloves. Okay, yeah, I think it was just the right amount. And I think uh, Willow has been uh, so versatile in the runways, mm. and this is one of my favorites that she's done. So so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like the true Amanda Lepore delivery of it. And yeah. then like, it's kind of a shame that she didn't even get to speak in it, you know, because I think there would be such a fun character for her to do. And I think maybe, you know, in the future, if she doesn't win and she's coming back, like doing a character like that, like I think she does older lady really well. Like I think we kind of saw yeah. the Moira Rose in the Daytona wins. And we've seen her in some mm-hmm. of her other characters that she does this sort of old kooky cat lady, I think, really well. And I think yeah. seeing that was just another manifestation of that. I remember it was the um, the episode... The super gosh, preview, four. was it, that one? Yeah, yeah, there was that one where she played the cougar. That was super yes. funny. So yes. I definitely think uh, if she doesn't win the season... Uh, which I don't I don't want to speak anything to existence. If she comes back for All-Stars or an All-Winner season, mm-hmm. she could play um, Amanda Lepore. I think that would be a really cool role yeah, for her to play. I think so too. Uh, Angie was up next in the sort of lime layered tutu look that we got. Kind of read more as frill to me, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it, I think it was an average Angie look for me. I think it was almost like she already had it and she was like okay this is too too enough let me just bring this yeah because it was very pageanty it was very polished i mean it's it's just angie is so consistent with uh her fashion and the polish that she has so i feel like uh it wasn't stand out but again like you can't really uh critique it because it is just so uh high level mm. and she always has such great presence on on the runway when Gemma she's there, yeah i think she does a great job with it um dia gave us this like sort of a beigey pink f- I-, I got flamingo from it even though i don't think that's what she was going for a massive platform heel like a very sort of narrow lip um it was one of my favorite things from dia that i got um from the runway but i didn't necessarily see the tutu yeah, when when she was uh when she had to lip sync, I was already getting flashbacks from Jimbo on UK mm. in those giant uh platform shoes. Or even Charlie High falling over Pangea. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I was so scared that she was gonna fall over. Which, and she's already fallen once on the runway. Did you see she changed her shoes for the lip sync? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, okay. I was that looking for because then. I was like, how is she gonna move in this? And then actually she was okay. wearing like like electric pink pumps or something like that okay that's good i'm glad that she was able to change them um yeah i really liked it i think um another very standard diabetic look um but uh i just like the aesthetic that she has going on and uh she's so insanely tall it's scary how she just towers over people I know. And so I was actually, when she said she was, what, seven foot three? I looked as she was going, as she was leaving the runway, and I was like, God, she she's still not as tall as the door. So that must be a tall door. Like, it's hard to get yeah, scale of the TV huge. world, but it must be massive. Yeah. Um, Deja was next. And I thought Deja's beat was amazing. She kind of nods in Watcha Packing that she can kind of wear any skin tone. And I thought the bubble, bubble gum blue and the bubble gum pink looked gorgeous on her. But that's about it. Uh, makes me so mad because Deja's runways are so hit or miss. Mm. Sometimes, like the the shoulders one, it's amazing. Yes. Or uh, her her first runway that she did, one of my favorites of the season, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, like the Joan of Arc one or this one, they just don't like 
fit yeah her they just don't have the correct fit on her body which sucks because i love how uh proud of her curves she is Mm -hmm. um it just it was just a slight miss um like the presentation is just slightly off sometimes and that um it makes me so upset because again i love deja so much yeah and i kind of do think i think she actually said in watchbacking that she didn't have anything left or she only she only had one thing left oh Um, okay and i think you do begin to sense it amongst some of the queens it's like you know we've been here for 13 weeks you know or whatever whatever you know two days an episode like they must be running out of drag at this point and even in untucking you see george's pack the bag it's like oh i've seen that one i've seen that one so they probably are really running uh, to the end of their supplies However, someone who was really saving one of the best looks to last was Lady Camden with this prima ballerina look. I thought it was absolutely oh gorgeous. My. The best thing I've seen her in. So, oh, it was so great. It was like uh, Brooklyn Heights finale one on season mm. 11 or the uh, top five one. Yes. But I think it was even more well done. Uh, I think Brooklyn's was great. Uh, it was like a great ballerina outfit, but I think that Camden's elevated it to like a drag level Mm. like every detail was so stunning so gorgeous and Camden's also one of my favorites both Deja and Camden are because they're uh Sacramento not well so Camden's a Sacramento rep and Deja's Fresno okay and those are kind of both near where I grew up um so I just I got a root for them and they both have yeah they both had pretty good showings on the season yeah and Camden is killing it now Speaking of Brooklyn Heights, I kind of was a bit disappointed we didn't get her on point on the runway. You know, yeah, that's obviously the visual cue you want from a ballerina. So that was my only disappointment with it, but it was still brilliant. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. We haven't even did. Was she on point for um, her talent show? I can't remember. I think she did a mummy look at in the Halloween ball. I think it was, and she came out in on point as from what oh I okay 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 um got the things that's the things that lodge in my brain i'm sure you're the same like, i know someone can ask yeah. me you know where i went on holidays in 2019 i don't know but i can I, my brain is just a data dump of drag queen names at this point yeah i don't even know what i did yesterday but i can i can name like who went home first on season six yeah <laughs> so we get a three-way lip sync deja dia and georges to olivia rodrigo's good for you based on filming schedules this i guess was filmed in the summer of 2021 which i still think is a remarkable turnaround time to get that song cleared in time for them to be able to perform it in this week's episode right Um, yeah it also happens to perfectly fit diabetti who is the (laughs) rock grungy chick so they pull that out of the 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 bag i'm kind of disappointed i thought the over like i think you can't get it that good of a lip sync when there's three people on stage i kind of felt the song could have lent itself to a brilliant lip sync but ultimately i'm happy diabetti stage because i think a she shouldn't have been lip syncing this week and i kind of felt she hasn't hit the end of the road as much as the other two yeah i think so too um i don't think Deja has hit the end of the road, but I think it's just getting to that point where it's like, we gotta, we gotta cut down. We gotta get to the end. Mm. Um, and the lip sync, I love Olivia Rodrigo and it, that turnaround of that song was crazy how fast they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't even know if they could have realized how big it was going to be, Yeah, but the fact that they got it was great. And I just, I'm disappointed because, um, I don't know. It, definitely i feel like they could have it could have been a wonderful lip sync but with three people it was just busy on stage um i don't think anyone really served Mm. the overall like rage of the song and like how angsty and teenage it could be like i think georges could have done that really well and daya could have done that really well but they were just i don't know if we just didn't see that much of it because there were three people on stage but but even going was, into that final chorus, there's a real like either death drop moment or a stunt moment, yeah. and we didn't get anything. Yeah, it was. I felt I pro- Georges was probably holding back a little bit. I I thought I think she gave up. Yeah, I think she was like fifth time. I want to go home. I want to smoke. Yeah, uh, obviously, I'm not going to make it uh, to the end. So let me just give a good performance to like. Don't give me. A, uh, sorry. I'm not going to give a Charlie Hyde's performance, yeah. but I'm going to at least go out with a, a decent performance. Did she even um, punch the ghost? Yeah. 
Oh wait, no, no, she didn't. She, she didn't. didn't. I no, mean, there didn't. you go. We know her heart isn't in it. If that, if the gun, if the ghosts are leaving unpunched, she didn't try. Yeah, the spirits got her. Yeah, <laughs> they punched back. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, again, I didn't SCC date. Like, it's just, it's just weird. Like, I think Diabetty says going into it. You know, I'm just going to do what I've been doing since episode one. And I mean, like you got sent home. Yeah. <laughs> but then ultimately, Diabetti, who I actually don't think is a good lip syncer, who probably didn't deserve to be Jasmine Kennedy a few episodes ago, has now not only sent home the most successful lip syncer on the season, has also sent home the person who originally sent her home. It like it's bit bonkers. Yeah, it was. Drag Race recently, like with All-Star 6, they really like doing the parallels of things mm. where it's like, oh, someone comes in from the top queen's original season. And like this, uh, they they were able, they were they had the opportunity to do it early in the season with Orion and June again. Yeah. Uh, where like it was literally like the next week that they were all back and they could have uh, put them both in the bottom again, but they didn't do that. But then they did it with Deja and Daya. Mm. And it's like, I think Deja got a song that was really up her alley the first time. Yeah. And then Daya got a song that was really up her alley the second time. Yeah. So it's like almost, uh, I don't know, just telling you Daya is here to stay. Um, yes. And it, yeah, it was an interesting uh, choice. I think uh, they, They've just, been doing that for years. I always remember Valentina's Ariana Grande lip sync in all Oh, Four. yeah. It was like so Oh fixed. my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, obviously she's going to win. And obviously like, they're going to put her in the top when they choose that song. Yeah, 100%. Um, so the first double elimination on the show, I think since River Medway and Charitza May back in UK season three. So it's it's notable that there's a double elimination, but it, they've kind of dragged it out so much that it was kind of, a, for me, a bit of a relief. It was like, you you finally can like exhale. You're yeah, like, oh, okay. Right, we're back to where yeah. we should be again. Yeah. I, um... <laughs> And I'm glad that they told the girls that it was happening because uh, like Deja and Georges both left happy. They left like, okay, yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they are, that we're going home like this. Uh, they need to get it down. It's, it's whatever. Um, we're, we're like other uh, double sachets. The girls are bitter. <laughs> um, yeah. Or just like they're, they're left stunned that, their performance was that bad but here it's like no performance was bad it's just what it is yeah when you go home to a double sachet like river and treats did you kind of become a part of this like subgroup of lip syncers which is just like you know naisha lopez no not naisha lopez sorry, Layla mcqueen and dax mm-hmm. and you're just like you know that's not a group you want to be in so like yeah they, they end up really upset whereas for this it felt like more of just a logistical thing it wasn't actually yeah. a double sachet it was kind of just you know spring clean yeah basically <laughs> so that means we have five going into the final challenge as per bosco willow angie dia camden which one of those do you think is not going to make the final oh my god it's oh it's so tough I wanted okay, so I have to run through my head Dude. who I know <laughs> will make the final. I think Bosco will, um, especially after bouncing back this week. Yeah. I think Camden has had a good uh, couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I want to say Daya makes it. Uh, oh no, okay, I think Willow also makes it, but I'm not too sure about that yeah the the last three i don't know because i think all of them could not make it for random reasons but i think if i had to pick one not to make it maybe maybe angie i'm worried it's looking like that okay like in terms of track record i'm just gonna I'm just gonna skip over snatch game as a bottom placing because i kind of feel that was all forced upon them so right and jerry has won twice and was only in the bottom after Snatch Game. Bosco's won three times and has been in the bottom twice, including Snatch Game, and should have went home. Mm-hmm. Lady Camden has won twice, only in the bottom in Snatch Game. Daya has already gone home and was in the bottom last <laughs> week, but has won once, and Willow has won once and was only in the bottom in Snatch Game. So it's weird to see Angeria go home over three people who've only won once, or two people who've only won once, because Lady Camden's won twice. Yeah, so... On paper, it should be Willow 
or Daya. And I feel mm-hmm. like the whole edit this season has been like Daya doesn't deserve to be in the top in the final four. But I feel it's more going to be Daya mm-hmm. or Angeria. I think they might play that up this episode between the those queens. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say that Camden and Bosco have both really like justified yes. themselves being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, this next episode might be like, well, or I don't know, probably editing someone down to make sure they don't look like they should be there. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be Angie's week to finally bounce back and completely come through. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I think Willow has just had a very consistent edit this season. Yes. Um, where it's like, even if she isn't um, winning challenges, she's always doing super well and really like showing that she's a well-rounded competitor. So I I think she'll probably make it to the end. Um, but yeah, I think just the way Angie has been edited recently, it's it's just concerning. Yeah, that she's not going to make it. That's my concern as well. Who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll bring back cornbread. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I wish. I love cornbread. I, I wish they would bring cornbread back. Are you going to go oh to the God. filming of the finale? Have you ever been? I want to. I'm... I don't know how to go. I was talking to, I'm, I'm signed with a studio right now. Um, studio 71, they do um, Trixie and Katya's podcast. So they have like, and they have some of the Rue Girls signed. So like, I, I was talking to my manager about it and I'm like, Hey, so, you know, the finale is, you know, filming soon in Vegas. I uh, just want to throw that out there. Um, she might be going, but I don't know if I'm able to go. But that's a goal of mine to get to the Dude, finale. Absolutely. Like if it was in yeah. my part of the world, I'd try and make it there myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm no, I'm going to DragCon at least. Okay. So I have that. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Jack, thank you so much for joining me. Do you want to let people know where they can find your wonderful treasure trope of YouTube videos and TikTok content and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, you can just find me at JackFed on YouTube, uh, Jack.Fed on Instagram. Trying to think what else I have. Uh, I have a TikTok that's kind of uh, not alive right now. It's Drag Race Daily. I might bring that back, but you know, YouTube is just like my main priority right now. Cool. Those are my main three. Oh, my Twitter too, JackFedYT, um, all that stuff. All right, that's all for us this week. Thank you for listening. You can head over to Sissy.pod if you want to get all the visuals and updates from the podcast. If you want to hear our recap, Drag Race España, then we are covering that over in the workroom. It's our premium feed. Head over to headsofpodcast.com, five year a month, sign up, get all that goodness into your feed. Um, and I'll be back with you if you're in the workroom. The workroom will be back with on Thursday with the second episode of España, or I'll be back next Saturday but the final five it's finally here it's been a long time coming i'll see you then see you love you bye this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.